made him fan his hands out over the table. All the worlds were contained in that foot of air and candle smoke between his fingers. What do you want? It felt like an impossibly vast question, and Lee realized as he answered, I don't know. A smile broke across his cheeks, and he added, But I'll take the golden glory to start. Careful. A man without purpose destroys himself. And a man with one? He thought about it. It seemed to Lee that there was an answer he was about to give, but he stopped himself. Destroys himself slower. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode. If you're not caught up yet, I will have a link to the full playlist down in the episode description, so make sure to check that out there. As always, make sure to hit subscribe and the notification bell if you're not subbed already, and let me know what you think of the episode down in the comments. All right, on to the good stuff. I'm Josh Call, and this is Last Coliseum. The red haze dissolved slowly, and with it Haytham's sense of himself trickled back. He was in the street. The crowd was looking at him. The boy was on the ground, just starting to stir. The grey cloaks had withdrawn. They made a tight circle around the horses as they sped on toward the keep. What came before he remembered only in flashes. The rose on his breastplate, the crook in his nose, the boy jabbering, falling over, getting knocked on his ass. The boy... He recognized him from the dram house, the one who'd warned him about the cutthroats. Blood seeped from two short furrows the bastard's backhand had left on his cheek. He seized the last few wisps of the battle fire between his teeth and advanced on his prey. The boy saw him coming and tried to scramble away, still sprawled on his back. He hollered as Haytham snatched him by the lapel and dragged him to his feet. The brawler was only dimly aware of the crowd, but he'd held on to enough of himself to know better than to beat the boy bloody in a street full of witnesses. The crowd parted before him as he dragged his prey across the cobbles toward one of the narrow back streets. The boy thrashed in his grip, crying for help. None came. They knew better than to get in his way. He flung the boy up against a rusted iron gate halfway down the alley. The boy grabbed the bars and tried to yank it open. A shower of rust flakes rained down, but the gate didn't budge. Haytham filled the alley behind him, his shadow rippling across the cobbles in front of him. You've been following me. The thief didn't answer. He fumbled for his picks and jammed them into the ancient lock. The brawler's shadow fell across him. Start talking, boy. The picks trembled as he withdrew them and slipped them into his pocket. His teeth were clenched, his face wan as he turned and looked up at Haytham, his gaze stopping just shy of the reaper's eyes. I, he nodded. His hands shook, but his voice was steady. From the dram house, he stuck his chin out. Wanted to make sure you didn't get cut to pieces. Liar. Haytham took a step towards him. It's true. The boy's back thumped against the iron gate, his hands upraised in surrender. A lot of men in the city looking to claim that bounty. How do I know that's not you? A mirthless smile flickered across the thief's lips. Because if it was me, I'd have bagged you at the Eidolon. He ignored the scowl that broke open on the brawler's face. And I wouldn't have risked my own neck saving yours. Twice. You didn't save my neck. He'd been six bloody feet from the traitor. If he'd had a crossbow, hell, if he'd just thrown the damned knife, it'd be over. Even if they'd cut him apart after, it would have been worth it just to see the look of surprise, then nothing, on the bastard's face before they ran the last race down to the void. Really? The boy's thin smile faded. Are you immune to swords, too? Or just thank yous? 
The brawler scowled and spat blood on the alley floor. He ran his tongue across the stinging gash where he'd bit his cheek when the boy bowled him over. His hands were scraped raw from the fall. He clenched his fist and turned his back to the boy. What were you after, anyway? He didn't respond. The gate creaked as the boy pushed himself off it and took a half-step toward the brawler. Two times saving your life, I should think that at least earns an answer. He sniffed. And an ale? The brawler turned. He saw with some satisfaction the boy's bravado evaporate as he advanced down the alley. The lad flinched as Haytham thrust one brutal hand past his face and curled it around the rust-spotted iron bar an inch from his ear. Follow me again. I'll break your legs, the brawler growled. With one hard yank, the ancient lock splintered in a shower of rust, and the gate sagged on its emaciated hinge. The boy didn't move. I think this is yours? He looked down. The knife he only just now remembered swiping from the armorer's table was leveled at him, a hand breadth from his belly. The thief twirled it between his fingers and extended it to Haytham, hilt first. There he is! Both their heads snapped toward the mouth of the alley. Four keepers glowered down the back street at the brawler, their hands on their weapons. Between them, a blonde prentice with broad shoulders, a bloody lip, and a red wheel on his cheek. He was pointing at Haytham. The boy ducked under Haytham's arm and slipped around the cracked iron gate. Come on! The brawler glanced back at the gray cloaks. They'd already closed half the distance between them, marching in formation. One of them unslung the wrist irons on his belt, and another was fitting a quarrel into his crossbow. Down on your knees, dog, snarled the cloak with the irons, brandishing them in front of him like a black hand with his medallion. I won't ask twice. He didn't get to. The gray cloak's shouts echoed in his wake as Haytham tore off down the alley after the boy. He heard a twang and flung himself sideways as the quarrel shore through empty air where he'd been half an instant before. The boy led him and the keepers deep into the warren of back streets, every so often glancing back over his shoulder to be sure the brawler was still following. Haytham's feet skidded on the scummy cobbles as he bounded around a corner and threw himself after the lad. He didn't see where he was going until too late. A dead end. The alley sloped slightly downward as the runnel at its center trickled into a wide circular drain set into the far wall, barred by an iron gate. The wall extended some fifteen feet above the drain, sheer capped by a toothy row of copper spikes to keep the birds off. Haytham's heart dropped into his stomach. He could hear the keepers clanking after them closing in. He grit his teeth and glared at the boy. Now what? The lad didn't miss a step. He seized the bottom of the grate and dragged it wide, his shoes squelching in the muck. A fetid stench rose from the black depths. Get in! The brawler stared at him, his lips peeled back in disgust. We don't have time! The boy's cheeks were flushed. Get in! He was right. It was that or fight through four keepers, unarmed and unarmored. He grit his teeth, charged and plunged into the darkness, feet first. Thankfully, he landed on his feet. He sank halfway to his knees in the warm, wet refuse. He steadied himself against the wall. It was cold and slick, and his hand came away slimy. The boy splashed down after him, and the grate banged shut. The iron bars slivered the light that came through the drain into parallel beams. Haytham felt the boys sidle past him. They crept a half-dozen steps into the darkness. He breathed through a fistful of his cloak. It didn't help. The keeper's armored footsteps echoed after them as they rounded the corner. An urgent hand on the brawler's arm brought him to a halt. Several pairs of hobnailed boots grew large in the circle of light that was the sewer mouth. They paused at the entrance. Where the hell are they? He recognized the voice of the one who'd called him a dog. Another guard took a step forward. 
You don't think... The Grey Cloak dropped down on his hunkers and peered through the grate. He kept his crossbow aimed into the inky darkness. He pointed at the rim of the drain. I think this grate moves. A chorus of protests echoed down the tunnel as the keeper stood back up. But where the hell else could they have gone? If you bloody think so, you bloody check, grunted the first cloak. Don't get lost, rumbled another. Tell you one thing, not for the fourth. I saw a staircase back that away. They might have gone up. Up was apparently preferable to a jaunt into the black, and by a vote of three to one, the keepers retreated down the alley and out of sight. The outvoted grey cloak took one last long look at the dark bore of the drain before he followed his comrades around the corner. Haytham felt the boy's breath in his ear. Three times. The brawler grit his teeth and said nothing. The old wood yielded gladly under Lee's palm, and a low rumble of chatter rose to meet them as the thief and the brawler stepped into the bustling tavern. The air was faintly hazy and thick with the greasy smell of tallow. Afternoon light twinkled through threadbare curtains drawn across the windows. He'd chosen this place carefully. A clean, if slightly shabby, taproom nestled on the informal frontier between copper and silver districts. The bee and bonnet was upscale enough that the brawler wouldn't draw dangerous eyes from the wrong crowd, dingy enough that they wouldn't catch stares for the sh** drying on their boots. Lee's feet squelched as he ambled over to the bar to do the ordering. His companion entrenched himself in a booth in the corner, scowling, always scowling. He hadn't said two words the whole way here. Lee was grateful in a way, grateful at least that there hadn't been questions about the drain and the black. Those questions required more explanation than the thief had the heart for. He plunked a tankard down in front of the brawler. So, he slid into the booth opposite him and slurped the suds off the top of his own ale. You're really him? The reaper didn't answer. His old hundred-league scowl had snapped when Lee cracked the tankard against the table. Now the lines deepened as he pierced the thief with those angry gray eyes, his lips pursed and chapped and bloodless. Lee met the stare easily and drawled, You know, the conversation thing doesn't really work if you don't talk. Nothing. Scowl. The thief sighed. What'd you invite me here for if why'd you stop me? He blinked. On the street? No response. I told you, I didn't fancy seeing you get cut to ribbons. That's not your place to decide. Noted. He swept his gaze across the taproom, looking for their food. Next time you want to throw yourself on keeper swords, I'll look the other way. The brawler's face didn't change, but he begrudgingly curled one calloused fist around his tankard and took a long pull. Lee watched him. You didn't have to follow me. You could have let those gray cloaks run you down. You're welcome, by the way. The brawler looked like he was about to say something else, but he was spared by the approaching barmaid. Both plates were the same, a few grisly bits of chicken and a generous steaming dollop of beans. They each had a ragged half-loaf of bread poking up out of the beans like a coracle scuttled in mud. The brawler eyed his plate with a look of vague disgust. After a moment's consideration, he popped one of the dried lengths of chicken into his mouth and chewed vigorously. Lee gnawed on his loaf. Sorry about the place, he muttered between bites. I'm sure you're used to better tack. It'll do. The brawler grunted. You probably ate quail's eggs off golden plates, didn't you? The brawler paused, one cheek packed with beans, a dribble of gravy creeping down his beard. Not quite. The thief leaned forward. What happened? 
He knew what had happened so many years ago. He'd been putting the pieces together over their silent walk from the sewer, but he wasn't ready to say what he knew just yet. He was wading through uncharted waters with the brawler, and he'd seen what the Reaper did to the men who crossed him. Yours was the best-known name at the edge, after Cirrus. You knew me. His eyes met Lee's. He sounded disbelieving. You were what, five? Lee ignored the jab. Most of what he'd learned about the brawler had come after he'd seen him in the cellar. After he'd been tasked with bringing him in like a goat to slaughter. There was still a handful in the coppers who toasted the brawler's name, seven years on and still the only pit fighter in living memory who'd never had the victor's rose pried away from him. Gold, glory, the thief murmured. You had everything. Then he made a puffing sound and splayed his fingers. Nothing. His hand thumped onto the table. They said you died. He watched closely for the brawler's reaction. Nothing to say about that. The brawler's jaw had tightened. He raised his tankard halfway to his lips. They were half right. He drank deep. Where'd you go? Lee asked. West. The hinter? Past the hinter. The thief remembered standing on the stone bridge with the jacksum roaring over the second step a few feet below his. The sprawling vista of the lowlands vast and fissured. The purple fringe of mountains in the infinite distance. The book said that beyond those mountains lay the realm of the dead. Or perhaps it was just Paul who said that when the younger boys plied her with impossible questions. He let his gaze trail across the other patrons in the taproom to be sure they weren't overheard. And now you're back. Most of the others were clustered around the bar, and cheers from a group watching a man and a woman throw dice was enough for Lee to add. To kill Lord Whiterose. Out of the corner of his vision, he saw the brawler's eyes bulge, his mouth go taut. The little table shook as one of his calloused hands white-knuckled its edge. As he opened his mouth to reply, the rogue interjected, You can save the denial. I saw your face. And... He nodded to the table. While he'd been eyeing the woman brandishing the dice at the center of her crowd, he'd slipped the dagger from his sleeve and laid it flat between them. The brawler's scowl and the glow from the candle were reflected in the polished steel. The reaper stared at the blade for a long moment. Lee watched him. The brawler's eyes flicked up. If you're right, I am. But we can keep pretending. The brawler leaned across the table. Lee caught a faint whiff of brimstone as a few hairs of his beard were crisped in the wavery heat above the candle. Then you're walking on dangerous ground, boy. Lee. The thief met his relentless gray gaze and did not blink. My name is Lee. Not boy. Lee. The brawler held that brutal stare for another agonizing moment. Lee felt a trickle of relief creep down his insides when his gaze dropped a fraction of a degree to the thief's nose. Haytham, murmured he. Well met, Haytham. He busied himself taking another swill from his tankard. When he clacked it down, there was a slight smile creeping across his lips. He nodded to the man Haytham. So what'd he do? The threat in the brawler's eye had faded, but he could still see a certain measure of mistrust on those granite features. He asked too many questions. He must have earned it, Lee mused. Past the hinters a long way to come to kill a man. In the back of his mind, he marveled at what he was saying, talking about murder like it was the weather. Haytham looked out across the taproom. He seemed more than a little uncomfortable that the thief was keeping on about it. He knew it was coming, too. You could see it in his eyes. He recalled that look of fledgling recognition on the lordling's face as he stared past the thief at the reaper, the fear in his eye. I bet he wasn't halfway to the keep before he sent those gray cloaks after us.
After you, he amended, gesturing to the brawler. Whole city's gonna be crawling with keepers, looking to- I don't have any money. Lee blinked, then frowned. I don't want your- I'm not gonna blackmail you. You're a thief, his jaw was set. A, a thief, not a fool. I've seen what you do to the men who cross you. I mean to stay off that list. If only because he'd need Haytham's trust to lead him into the jackdaw's waiting jaws. Besides, there's plenty of other dishonorable ways to earn a living. He kept nibbling on his meal until the beans had turned to a tepid paste. Haytham went for the second round, and Lee watched the gamblers toss their dice as their fortunes rose and fell to the fickle whims of that green-eyed bastard luck. His second tankard was half gone, and his head was buzzing pleasantly when he looked up at the brawler and muttered, "'Tell me something,' Haytham nodded. A pink flush had started to creep up his weathered cheeks. "'How does a man like White Nose make such an enemy that you'd run through Keeper's Steel to get your hands on him? He's a lord of the keep.' A crease furrowed the brawler's brow. Lee raised his hands in acquiescence. Sorry, that's another question, isn't it? He wasn't a lord then, Haytham murmured. He the one who laid your face open? That's a nasty scar, mate. The brawler brushed a thumb against his cheek. Mind that, he nodded to the thief, or you'll have your own. Lee winced as his hand crept to the twin horizontal gashes on his cheek. The excitement and the ale had made him all but forget about the sting. Those moments before he'd charged the brawler were a blur. He'd been past the line of gray cloaks before he could stop himself. He told himself that he was just trying to keep the Reaper alive, that his bounty and Killam's favor rested squarely on the brawler not catching his death wish. But there was another part of him, a deeper part that came before thought that was running into the fray long before he knew what was happening. The rest of him was just catching up. You know those cloaks would have cut you down. Probably. Lee shook his head, marveling, and that would have been worth it, if you'd got him. He let out a long, slow exhale, and under his breath he added, Remind me to keep off that list. Is there nothing you'd die for? The thief blinked. He was more than a little taken aback at the question. I... Uh, family? He said it because it seemed like the right answer, not because he was sure that's how he felt. He saw a tiny smirk forming at the corner of the brawler's mouth. It looked strange and out of place under the heavy shelf of his furrowed brow. What do you want, Lee? He thought he meant here. I... nothing. I, I just want to talk. I'm not... No. Haytham fanned his hands out over the table. All the worlds were contained in that foot of air and candle smoke between his fingers. What do you want? It felt like an impossibly vast question, and Lee realized as he answered, I don't know. A smile broke across his cheeks, and he added, But I'll take the gold and glory to start. The brawler wasn't smiling. Careful. A man without purpose destroys himself. Lee's grin wavered. And a man with one? He thought about it. It seemed to Lee that there was an answer he was about to give, but he stopped himself. Destroys himself slower, the brawler decided. The thief nodded. He'd drunk his second tankard down to the dregs before he mustered up the courage for what he said next. I could, he swallowed, I could be your ally. The scowl lines on Haytham's face deepened. You don't know what you're offering, he said quietly. I, I could. We could help each other. You know people, and I... He caught himself. The ale had made his tongue loose, and he realized with the words halfway out of his mouth that he was dangerously close to admitting to the brawler just how much he knew. Thankfully, it seemed Haytham hadn't caught the slip. 
He was looking past the thief, past the crowd, to the open doorway. Lee followed his gaze. Framed in the doorway, with the evening settling around his shoulders like a cloak, the Kadari sellsword bobbed his head to the brawler. Haytham stood. His drink was only half finished. Stick to thieving. You'll live longer. He drew his hood down over his eyes and marched across the taproom to greet the mercenary. Lee watched them go. He raised his empty tankard and toasted him under his breath. Name survive. The old wanderer's farewell tasted strange as he said it. Suppose it was a queer thing to say when he had a vested interest in seeing that neither the brawler nor his name should survive at all. Haytham didn't hear him, and the usual counterphrase went unsaid. His throat suddenly felt tight, and though the neck of his tunic was loose, he undid the knot and let it hang open. He knew what he had to do, but he didn't have to like it. It took a long while and two more ales before his mind quieted down enough to make the long march home. The red strand around his neck kept getting tangled up in his legs and tripping him up the whole way there. He reached home tired and bitter, and it hurt to breathe. Sleep came slow. Thank you guys so much for listening. It really is an absolute blast to be able to share this story with you. If you're catching this on podcast, do me a favor and leave a five-star review. That really allows this story to reach as many people as possible. That's it from me. I'll catch you guys next week.